Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the Restoration. I'm Rick Bennett, and this is my friend, Steve Pineacre. <laughs> Caught you off guard with that introduction, didn't we? So Gospel Tangents and Mormon Book Reviews have teamed up for another joint production. This time, Steve's going to get a little personal and ask me about my podcast. And, uh, you know, I honestly don't like answering questions. I like asking them. <laughs> so Steve's going to make me very uncomfortable You'll see here. He might even make me cry. We'll see. But anyway, um, I'll turn it over to Steve for the rest of this conversation. And Lucas in the house, Rick Bennett from Gospel Tangents. Glad to be here. There's nothing better than Florida in January. Like, we're here. There's a pond behind us. There's an alligator behind us. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt in January. This is unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, like I was telling Rick before we started filming, I said, you know, God showed me a lot of things that were going to happen with my channel. But he did not show me that Rick Bennett was going to be in my lanai, in my Christian community, filming a Mormon Book Reviews episode. And this is really a remarkable thing. Thank you so much. It's great to be in Florida in January, I got to tell you. The weather's awesome. I just, I can't believe it. It was snowing when I left Utah, so. Yeah. What a contrast. I remember when we'd come down here from Chicago, the same culture shock, you know, happening. So, yeah, I get that all a lot. Yeah. And it is really cool to be here in Florida. And one of the reasons why we're actually doing this, this was, it was not planned, but we had to change the schedule for both of our interviews. We were supposed to do interviews yesterday, and either one of them, they fell through. So I said, we're we supposed to do them today. And I said, why don't we do like a one-two punch, Mormon book reviews and gospel tangents, where I interview Rick Bennett about his experiences with evangelicals that he's had in the past, but also since he met me and kind of started meeting other evangelicals, partially through me, you know, um, and uh, I guess we're going to call them the cool evangelicals, right? <laughs> and and so uh, we want to talk about that, and then, uh, and then uh, we're going to talk maybe on his program where I'm going to talk about my interactions with Mormons and what I've learned. So I, I just kind of, well, first of all, welcome to the show. This is so awesome. <laughs> it is so good to be in Florida in January. I can't tell you how nice this is. You know, and God. by the way, he just keeps on saying that the whole time we're here. <laughs> I'm not shoveling snow, you know, I'm I'm in the t-shirt, short sleeve t-shirt and and shorts, and it's awesome. Oh, and by the way, I just want to say, in the background, you can see this house, and that actually is a Christian friend of mine who offered to let Rick stay at his house last night. I know, very, very nice guy. Yeah, great guy. So thanks, Eddie, for uh, the surreal solid. Thank you, Eddie. This is awesome. We love you, man. So again, that's another positive interaction with an evangelical, right? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want to just maybe talk a little bit about, uh, one, your past uh, interactions with evangelicals, and and then part of the reason <clears throat> I want to bring that up is because I remember uh, sh- before I even met you and started talking to you, I was talking to Christopher Thomas because his book was the very first book that I reviewed on my channel, and it was so cool because like I'm freaking talking to this guy with all these books behind him, and they're all Mormon. He's got all these. He's a doctor, and oh man, and he was so cool and so uh, just a very friend of a friendly person and he and and, and uh, really he's been a mentor to me in many ways and kind Chris of Chris is amazing he really is he's awesome and and so um but he had mentioned to reminded me of the Lindsay Hansen Park episode where he's like oh I can't stand those even Joes they drive me crazy and and I thought oh I forgot all about that and and that was true and, and I had forgotten about that but I did remember as soon as he said it that's right he did say that in the interview 
And, and so now, of course, uh, I contact you and you had said, man, you're a nice evangelical. Yeah, I'll come on your program. Yeah, there are nice ones. And if you hang out with Steve, you get to meet more nice ones. So <laughs> so that's in my orbit. That's part of my orbit, right? <laughs> so, and, and so, yeah, we have, a, so we've had, and of course, you know, because of my channel and outreach that we're doing, Rick's become aware of Chris Thomas. He's become aware of, like, Jeff McCullough. He's become of Kyle Bashir's, uh, who we just interviewed yesterday for right. our channels, which is, he's a Baptist minister, and you had a great conversation with yeah, him Yeah, actually, our our unrecorded dinner conversation was amazing. Yeah, they always are. <laughs> the, stuff is, the stuff that happens off camera is the stuff that is mind-blowing. Would you agree? <laughs> and, uh, but I just wanted to kind of just kind of have you talk a little bit about your journey with evangelicals in the past, and which tended to be more negative than positive. And, of course, you uh, served a mission in the Bible Belt. And, of course, you even wanted to maybe tell a story that I've been meaning to have Rick tell on my channel for the last two times I've had him on. And I always forget. And I, so I thought maybe we could open with that story because, to me, it's one of the greatest stories ever told that I've heard you say. Yeah, I was, I mean, I feel like I was just up the road because South Carolina, it's not quite as nice as Florida, but it's nice. In the wintertime, I remember it was 60 degrees Christmas Day, my first Christmas in South Carolina. It was awesome. And, uh, but my first area, in fact, my, my companions actually passed away um, when, when this happened. I remember I was training at three months, which in my mission was very common. Uh, you know, you get, tra- I was trained for about three months and then I became the trainer. <laughs> that's, you know, talk about throwing you into the fire. That's a great way to do it. And you learn a lot um, in, in those first six months. I remember we were knocking doors in Georgia, um, a similar neighborhood to this, it seems like. And people were like, oh, there's a guy down the street. He's a real jerk. He's a, pa- he's a pastor. I don't even know what denomination, probably Baptist, but I don't know what it was. But anyway, he's like, you should avoid him. And I'm like, oh, we're going straight there. We're going straight there. And um, plus I'm with my greenie, <laughs> who, does, who literally, like, he was just brand new. He didn't know anything. And I was, I was one of those guys... On my mission, I was one of the guys who was a good Bible basher. I, I memorized, I think I've, we had 180 scriptures to memorize. I had 90 of them memorized by the time my companion came out. And so I was like, I'm ready. I, I'm ready for bear. Anyway, um, so we go to this guy. Um, he wanted us to say, is it called the sinner's prayer? Yeah, the, sin, yeah the sinner's prayer. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and... You know, thinking back on it, I was just a dumb 19-year-old missionary. I should have said it. Like, what what harm would it have done? But he was like, uh, you know, you got to say this prayer and you'll be saved here right on the spot. And I was like, I'm not saying that stupid thing. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm I'm a Mormon. I don't need to do that. And anyway, so I wouldn't say it. And um, he had actually invited us in for a minute. And then we walked out. And uh, I remember standing as we were walking to our bikes. He, he's standing in the doorway and he says, just shouts this prayer, God bless these damned souls. <laughs> I was just like, oh, whatever. And we're getting to, and I remember saying to my companion, I was like, oh, we left the Book of Mormon there. I didn't mean to, but, you know, who cares, whatever. And then he comes like, you, le- you left your book. Anyway, that was kind of my experience with evangelicals. Now, there were some nice ones. I baptized a lot of nice ones. Uh, you know, they were the nice ones. Um, and even there were some that we didn't baptize that were nice. Okay. But, you know, there just seems to be this conflict. You know, there's another... One of the one of the evangelicals who drives me crazy is Robert... Is the name Robert, Robert Jeffries? Robert Jeffries, yeah. <laughs> I, for those of you who don't remember, I should see if I can find the clip, but... <laughs> um, Back when Mitt Romney was running, I think it was in 20... 2012. It might have been 2008. Okay. I think it was his first run. Okay. I think it was 2001. I think uh, 2008, when he lost to John McCain. Okay. Um, he was like, I, I'm not voting for a Mormon. You know, they're not Christians. They're, you know... And I was just like, you are a jerk, you know? And, of course, this guy, eight years later... Well, four years later... Ended up like, well, I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to vote for Mitt Romney because I don't want Barack Obama. And I was just like, you are such a jerk. <laughs> like, there's more in common, I feel like. I mean, I understand the theological differences. And, and you know, we, we talked about them with Kyle last night. You can do that in a friendly manner, which is one of the, my goals for my channel. 
but you don't have to be Robert Jeffries, no. you know? And uh, that well, you know what's so fascinating me to me was uh, we bring that up South Carolina. What was so fascinating was in 2008 when Mitt Romney ran, he was endorsed by Bob Jones of Bob Jones University. Oh, really? I didn't remember that. And he went that. to the campus, he spoke. They got he got the blessing from one of the most fundamentalist Bible colleges in America. Really, I don't and they that. endorsed him. Wow! And contrast that with Robert Jeffries, who actually represents a more moderate strain of Baptists, and these are like right wing Baptists who are like consider the Southern Baptists to be liberals, and they 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 actually found the the grace to actually endorse Mitt Romney. In a way, I can kind of understand that because if you guys remember my Matt Harris interview. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things is back in the 1980s. Um, about, no, it was in the 80s. It was after it was after the priesthood ban had been um, restored in our church, so we allowed black people to to be, uh, hold the priesthood. Um, there was a lawsuit at Bob Jones University right. because they didn't want interracial dating. Right. And so this is under the Reagan administration and the LDS Church. Even though we didn't have a problem with interracial dating, uh, was a friend of Bob Jones in support of segregation, uh, especially dating that wise. And so, um, so part of me says, be, and by the way, Bob Jones eventually allowed interracial dating <laughs> and interracial marriage. Um, but they were very, very, um, like you say, right wing, very segregationist. Um, but I think they probably remembered that oh, the LDS yeah, church yeah. was was on their side when they were sense. fighting the government, and yeah. so, so it, it it doesn't it, it doesn't surprise me because yeah. of that. Um, but but the more mo I mean the moderate Robert Jeffries kind of people. Yeah. I mean, I met so many people like that on my mission. They, yeah. drove, they drove me crazy. Well, I, actually, there's one more mission story because I want us to talk about all the the characters of you that we've been you and I have been talking to and, and meeting and evangelicals and stuff. But there was another story that you were going to talk about in the first interview. And he said, now, are Southern Baptist evangelicals? Yeah, yeah, they are. Oh, I said, well, let me tell you this story about this baptism story of a Southern Baptist. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, story? yeah, this will be the first time on camera I've told this story. Um, this is a very dear story, so I hope I don't get too emotional. Um, so... Uh, I was, I was transferred to a little town called Lexington, South Carolina, um, right outside Columbia, right in the middle of the state. And I remember at the time, it kind of has a couple of different plot twists to it. Um, I was only there for like two weeks, and I got transferred to uh, West Columbia, uh, not far away. Um, basically, <laughs> the reason why was they had re reorganized the stake boundaries, and so our zones followed the stake boundaries. And so I had to be in a new, anyway, it's just weird. Anyway, <laughs> it's just weird. So I was like, why didn't they just send me to West Columbia in the first place? Well, in those two weeks that I was in Lexington, um, there was a girl, I think she was about 18 at the time, and her name was Kim, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And one of the things that we found was she had wanted to join the LDS church since she was 15. And her mom wouldn't let her. And I just heard horrible things about her mom. She was a Baptist. Um, she hated Mormons. And she, and so, anyway, so Kim was 18. She, I think at the time she hadn't joined the church. And I just, and I remember, well, anyway, so I just thought we should kind of soften up the mom. But I was only there two weeks. Like, what can you do in two weeks? There's nothing you can do. But I knew Kim, and I, and, uh, and I knew that her mom was like this ogre, like this horrible person, because um, she wouldn't let Kimberly join the church. Well, so I get transferred to West Columbia, and I remember thinking, why, why was I ever in Lexington? That was stupid. Um, you know, why didn't my mission president just send me to West Columbia? Like, why wasn't he inspired, you know? But he was inspired um, to, to send me there, and there was a reason I was there in, for two weeks. And so... A few months later, I remember we were in a car, and missionaries, you have to... <laughs> At the time, I remember thinking this was stupid, but now I understand why they make missionaries limit the number of miles to drive, because they would just drive all over like crazy, and, and we're, we don't plan very well. <laughs> right, right. Teenage boys and young kids, yeah. Anyway, I remember we were... It was the end of the month. We were checking back on some Book of Mormons that we'd given away, and... So we were trying to stay close to home and not you know, not waste a lot of miles. 
so this is when I like I was inspired, but I didn't know that I was inspired. Like okay. it didn't feel like any like there was no bolt of lightning. Like that stuff doesn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. It was like well, we were trying to save miles, and you know, this is all we could do. So we go to this apartment building, and I run into Kimberly. Okay. Well, she had moved with her mom to West Columbia. <laughs> and and she goes, she's like, hey, missionaries, good to see you. And I remember thinking, and then her mom, she told us this later. She's like, <laughs> like not the Mormon missionaries. I don't want to talk to them. Um, and I just thought, you know what? My goal is just to, like, make friends with the mom. Okay. And so we, now that we do where she lived, we would just kind of come over... You know, we'd had no intention to teach a lesson or anything. Well, um, and I remember sitting there and I was like, like I'd heard these horrible things about this mother. Like she was terrible, horrible person. Um, And I'm like, she's really nice to us. Like, this is not what I was expecting. And then I was like, you know, her name was Beverly. Beverly, would would you like to take the discussions? And she said, yes. And I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. Nothing is going according to plan. Right. And didn't she have a reputation to kind of like yell at missionaries and cause trouble with them or anything no, like that? No, okay, not like that. that just, just, just that she just had a reputation. we just didn't like her because she wouldn't let she wouldn't Kimberly let be baptized. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, so I became friends with Beverly and, and we were teaching her. On the second discussion is when you're supposed to ask him to be baptized. And normally I was really nervous, but I was like, I think she's going to say yes. And so I asked her to be baptized, and she said no. Mm. And I was like, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> and we did the third discussion, did it again. She said no again. And I was like, well, then the fourth discussion came up, which was about the word of wisdom. Beverly was a smoker. And so I asked her, I said, the reason why you said no, was it because you're a smoker? And she said, yes, that's the reason I said no. Okay. <laughs> and she, because she knew all about the word of wisdom long before we taught her. Um, and then I found out I was getting transfers, and and so I called up Beverly and I said, "I'm getting transferred in a week." And she said, "No, you're supposed to baptize me." And I said, "Well, you've got to quit smoking in a week." That. <laughs> and she told us that um, she'd had a brother that had cancer, and she had been praying and she said that she saw these two Mormon missionaries sitting on her couch and she thought, well, that's a weird dream. I don't like Mormon missionaries. Interesting. <laughs> and, um, and so when we were there that day, that day that I didn't feel inspired, we were like, oh, we just got to do something close to the house, you know, here's this apartment building. There's a lot of book Mormons here. That when we were sitting on her couch, she said that me and my companion were the missionaries in that dream. Okay. And I was like, you are kidding me. Because wow. <laughs> I did not feel inspired to be there at all. I was just seriously like, we've got to do something close to home. And so um, so that was really, you know, I, a lot of times in the MTC you'll hear that you're called for a specific person. I was called to be there with Beverly. And... Um, so she quit smoking that week. I baptized the night before I got transferred out. And like, I was just, it was, it was so amazing to me to hear this because nothing went according to what I thought. <laughs> like, it, nothing made any sense. And she's still a good member of the church. And, you know, I still talk to her on occasion. And so I will send this to you, Beverly, I'm sure. <laughs> this is the first time I've told this publicly. Although I did tell it in my missionary farewell or homecoming. But, uh, but yeah, um, you know, it, it's just amazing. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a special story to me. Wow, yeah, and, and I was like, yeah, wow, what a great story. I kind of had that in our first interview, and so I'm glad you're able to tell it today because I always thought we got it. We got to hear this story. And that kind of sets up a kind of just a, that's a prelude to our, our conversation of me reaching out to you, having you come on my program, which was just so mind-exploding mind for me that Rick Bennett, of all people, is going to come let me interview him. And Steve needs to get out more. <laughs> I am a, I'm a total geek here. I'm a fanboy, all right? So, uh, but, uh, you know, it was, it was what I think, you know, and honestly, I believe that the Lord's hand is on this endeavor. 
right? And I've talked to you. I've told you stories. I said, Rick, this happens every day. Something, something crazy happens about Mormonism in the southeast, as far away from you as you can, in the Bible, as far as you can get it from Utah. And yet I have these amazing encounters with people who have had encounters with the Restoration. And so I'm like, okay, this is, I feel God's in the matter in this. And, and, and so like that, that, so that's one thing. I think that it in one sense has become a ministry, non-proselytizing, a bit of ministry for, for Christians, uh, Mormons, who, uh, atheists, um, who have a safe space where we can all talk and have civil conversations. And I think that's probably what the Lord's, you know, is having me do, you know, is to show this is how it can be done. And I think what is so cool is, of course, going back to the Lindsay Anson Park episode, I can't stand evangelicals. And, and, of course, you, you didn't have the best interactions with the evangelicals. And if you watch the stuff on YouTube, all the stuff that the, 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 these apologists and, 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 and just the attacks, and then usually you got the Ed Deckers and the, the stuff that's just flat out not true. As a matter of fact, Kyle was in, we were in my studio, and Kyle pointed out a book that I had from a uh, conservative evangelical group talking about cults or, or the occult or whatever. He said, oh, yeah, I was sent a reader's copy of this to do a review. And he said, Steve, there's pure garbage. He said they had, I think he said something like, they had the assassination of Joseph Smith happening at, at Liberty Jail. So they couldn't even get their basic facts right. right. So, so, so much of the scholarship, a lot of the stuff is just garbage, right? So I can completely understand why you would have this attitude towards evangelicals, because in one sense, yes, Jeff and Kyle myself and Chris and others are kind of like unicorns. But you notice that the list keeps expanding, I, It right? does keep expanding, and I keep telling everybody, you're a unicorn, you're not a normal being. then you keep on running into unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon, we're going to have a herd of them. <laughs> but, but just kind of talk a little bit about that, just like your interactions, like with, that. you know, I introduced you to Chris Thomas and all these other people, and, and, and just tell me what it's been, what has Rick Bennett's journey been like? Well, and I will tell you another story. Uh, um, Chris Thomas is amazing. Um, a man of God. A man of God. Yeah. I mean, and I will say there were a few experiences I had with Pentecostals that were really cool. And so maybe maybe it's the Pentecostals who are the cool ones. I'm not sure. Although Jeff and Kyle aren't, I guess. But, um, uh, you know, my, my Chris has become a dear friend. And... My mom, my mom passed away in June um, this past year, and there was about well, we thought she was going to pass away two weeks before um, before she did. And my my brother had flown out from New York, and because we were we thought she was going to die that day, she got COVID, and um, it was like it sounded like we weren't going to get to the hospital in time to say goodbye and um so like literally my my brother ran off the plane and gave him a big hug and he's like i don't care about my bag like we're going to the hospital we're going now and um so i we we got in my car we left his bag at the hospital he's like i'll get it later i don't care we 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 zoomed up to the hospital up in ogden um which is about 45 minutes away. And Chris called me, and I had it on my car phone, and I don't think I've told you this story. Um, and Chris, I don't know how he'd found out, because it was, it was a new thing. Um, I hadn't told a lot of people, but somehow, uh, he must have talked to you I or something. I think I told him, yeah. And uh, so he called, and so I just put it on the speakerphone in my car, and... Chris said, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. And I didn't know that he meant, I'm going to pray for you right now. <laughs> I was, and and, and he, just, he just launched into this prayer. And it was a beautiful thing. Um, I was so touched. I was so touched. And, you know, we, <laughs> I mean, honestly, really one of the most Christian, Christ-like things that's ever happened to me on my show, ever. Um, and I love you, Chris. I love you. Um, I just, I've never been so touched by an evangelical, you know, and, and it was just beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. And anyway, my mom made it for two weeks. 
and then uh, you know she died about two weeks later but but I that is just such a treasured memory Chris I I love you I love you so thank you so much really means a lot to me oh this is great I should have had Kleenex <laughs> I know <laughs> um, I didn't know we were going this direction <laughs> I'm all about non-emotion Steve <laughs> sorry it happens <laughs> it happens all the time <laughs> yeah I have Mormons say I watch your show because the Holy Ghost can show up at any minute <laughs> and, and I this is, this is beautiful dude and this is the thing you know this is not an academic thing it doesn't always have to be I like, that's where i'm comfortable though that's where you're comfortable <laughs> and i tell people i'm comfortable where most people are uncomfortable right and 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 the lord showed me that okay it's gonna be a scholarly secular show but then when i when i had some conversations with um about the church of jesus christ the church service we're going to be visiting tomorrow okay and heard a story about the arlene buffington hymnal how it was supernaturally created downloaded I mean, it's an amazing song. Watch my interview with Becky Tarbuck about it. I remember sitting on my couch right here, talking to Apostle Patrick McKay. Oh, wow. And he's telling me the story. And this is before I even started my channel. And he's telling the story. And at that moment, I realized the trajectory of my channel just changed. I remember sitting down on the couch. I, I pace when I talk on the phone. And he's telling me the story of Arlene and the Church of Jesus Christ. And how he had an encounter, a Pentecostal encounter with tongues and stuff at their church. And he's not even a member of their church. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is familiar to me. And so I felt like, as a charismatic who believes in the gifts, it's like, I can have conversations with Mormons that the Presbyterian can't have. Right? And so when I, when I go and talk to people and say, well, God told me this. I'm just talking to Mormons. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, he probably did. I mean, Mormons are so much more open to... That kind, that kind of talk, right? <clears throat> and that's what I find that's so accessible. And um, I don't know, it's a beautiful thing just to have that moment that we were able to share because I think that's, that's that, and again, this wasn't planned. And I always tell people, if, if man didn't plan it, then God probably did. That's how I look at it. <laughs> and so, either way, uh, awesome. I, I, just, I just thought that that's the key thing, though. You know, uh, Christopher Thomas is the president of the Book of Mormon Studies Association. Christopher Thomas has six degrees, two doctorates. He's a... I mean, he's he's way up there, dude. Oh, he's awesome. But I'll tell you, you know, it's it's all it's 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 also it's not about up here all the time. And this is this is it's a heart thing too that we also have to focus on. We are hardwired to be spiritual beings, and you share that moment with him. I think that's the key thing, is that I have, and you have, had experience with people from the other side, the other, the baddie, and we share these profound moments with each other. And to me, that's like God saying, like, hey, man, just my grace, my love is so much beyond anything you could comprehend. And so that's kind of how I feel about that. But either way, I'm getting off my soapbox because I'm interviewing Rick Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, it's funny because uh, as we, you know, as, as, as then, you know, Jeff McCullough comes into the picture, mm -hmm. you know, just out of the, out of the blue. And then, Who I wouldn't know without you. Right. I wouldn't know Chris without you. Right. And but Kyle, I would have known without you. Would have you run, but. Yeah. And Kyle and, and all these wonderful people. And, of course, we interviewed Kyle yesterday for the James Strang thing, which was really great. Um, I guess, tell me some more about your interactions you had. Like, we had a great dinner with Kyle last night. We talked about a lot of cool things. There's just a lot of great, wonderful things. Well, I don't mean to put any pressure on Kyle, but you need to write the paper I told you to write yep, about. Absolutely. At the Book of Mormon Conference Association yep. with Chris Thomas as the president. Absolutely. Chris, watch out. We're going to have a great paper for you. So. <laughs> he, Kyle's going to have a great paper So, for Kyle, you. here's some pressure. you yep. got to write it now. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know... It, it is really nice to to get around evangelicals who don't, you know, treat us like we're awful devils, you know. And and so it it, it it's just nice to to have real theological conversations. Unlike my mission, where I was, I mean, I was going to fight like that 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 story I told you about. I was I was. I was ready to fight, you know, I was a young, dumb, immature missionary, um, as most of them probably are. There's some good ones. Uh, I could tell you another story. Uh, the funny thing about this other guy, other Griffiths, we're Facebook friends and he doesn't even remember me. <laughs> he was my companion for, we'll see, I think 10 days. <laughs> it was after I'd gotten transferred. Okay. That guy, Mark Griffiths, 
<laughs> I'm going to have to send you this, Mark. Um, and he doesn't even remember me. We were companions for 10 days, and he's like, do I know you? And I'm like, yeah, you kind of changed my mission. Yeah. The one thing about Mark that I will say is he lives up in Seattle now, I think. Um, but he changed the way, he changed my heart because before, like that story I told you at the beginning, I was there to win. I wanted to win the debate. Um, I wasn't, I didn't think that guy would join the church anyway. Um, but Mark, with all those scriptures, those 180 scriptures that we had to memorize, Mark used them in a loving way. And, and I still remember even another story with that Beverly. Um, she asked me why we don't use the cross on our buildings. And I don't remember exactly what scriptures I quoted to her. I quoted to her a few. And she was, she was like, you've just peeled away like 40 years of my teaching. <laughs> like, it was amazing because I didn't do it in a, in a way to win. I was in a, it, it was an explanation of like, we use the scriptures to explain why, you know, and, and the, main, the, the main point of it for those of you maybe who are evangelicals and don't understand, you know, kind of the way that Mormons view the cross is it was barbaric. It was awful. Um, you know, would you have a gun or a new... You know, people wear a cross to remember Christ, but we're like, well, what if he was killed with a knife? Would you wear a knife on your neck? Would you wear a noose, like if he was hung? Or, you know, a, a car crashed or something like... That was... It was an instrument of death, and so we don't, we don't want to... We're grateful... We, we honor the risen Christ, not the dead Jesus. Right. And that, that's kind of how we think that's about it. That's how you see it. Yeah. Um, and, so, and so that's why we don't have crosses. Um, well, I, I have nothing against crosses, well, personally. Can, I, can uh, I explain something okay. about a Protestant view of the cross? Why we don't have Jesus hanging on the cross? Because it's morbid? No, no, well, <laughs> no it's because it, 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 in our mind, it's kind of a similar argument you use against the cross. We don't have crucifix, crucifixes because we believe we don't we don't we we don't talk about the death of Christ and in the in the cross the crucifixion is about the death of Christ. We 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 look at the empty cross as it's about the risen Christ. Uh -huh. So don't focus. So on, it's a symbol of the resurrection, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The empty cross is actually we're not focusing on the death and the suffering, which in one sense is a legitimate way of venerating Christ, right? Because because his suffering, what he did for Calvary is what turned the world upside down, right? But but I understand that's kind of like a, the old school Protestant view. Now you gotta understand my family, Christian Reformed Church, they they kind of viewed the cross as kind of like, they didn't wear crosses. That was a oh. Catholic thing. Oh, so, yeah. so this has evolved, this has evolved. Yeah. And actually David O. McKay, Part of the reason he kind of started clamping down on the cross is because he kind of viewed it as being a Catholic symbol. Right. And he was trying to mainstream himself with 1950s mainline Protestantism. So there's a lot going on here. It there really is. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Mormons especially, and I still use the term, I'm sorry. <laughs> Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, okay? <laughs> we don't understand how both Catholicism and protestantism have have affected our church because they have they have they have to because we interact with each other and we react i mean the funniest story was willie grills <laughs> when he talked about the sacrament and, and the wine and why uh some some lutherans use red wine some use white wine and originally it didn't really matter and then somebody was like well the red wine represents jesus's blood and but the white wine is easier to clean up when you spill it, right? <laughs> and so he was like, "Well, we're using red wine. We don't care that it's hard to clean up, just because." And and we, we you know, about breaking the bread, we, because you know sometimes that that represents the body of Jesus, and we don't want to have any crumbs, and so we'll just have a little wafer. And how how some the reactions to red wine and broken bread are, are reactions to some other church and our church does the same thing yeah we we always think no we're different than everybody else no, we're not yeah yeah that's true that's true well this so you know willie is this close to he i think he when he prays he he, he prays towards rome anyhow that's all the missouri said lutheran soccer so close willie i hope you appreciate that yeah. yeah well he's practically catholic he, oh, he's yeah. not, he doesn't even mind being called catholic so oh sure no yeah. uh, he would that would within his theology yeah absolutely yeah and actually and he's not an evangelical but he is well yeah 
<laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's a very confusing thing. It's kind of like a Mar- like a community of Christ. I would call them a Mormon, but they would say they're not. But right. they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's that's it's hard. Yeah, and there's the blurring of all these lines. Right. You can't put things in the easy categories like that, you know. And so yeah, so that's cool. Like okay, yeah, Willie Grills. That's another guy. Yeah. Cool dude, by the way. We we've had some uh, Zoom calls. He's coming. Just, on the just show. had a new baby boy. Yeah. Congratulations, congratulations. Willie. <laughs> and your wife. Yeah. I and, wish I could remember her name, or I would say it. <laughs> and 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 so you. you also interacted with Willie, and of course he's so cool because then he freaking sends you. I see a picture. He sends you all these books, some stuff you never had before. I, mean, I, I said so cool. I wanted a ESV Bible because I hadn't heard of it, and he sent me one yeah. <laughs> just out of the blue. Nice, thank you, Willie. Yeah. <laughs> and then my gold Book of Mormon that's on my shelf, yeah. Willie sent that to me. Somebody had donated it, and he's like, "I don't want this. Yeah. Do you want it? Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> That's great, yeah. Because Willie, he's really into Mormonism too. He's kind of another another unicorn. You know? Yeah, he really is. And so, yeah, he's he's part of that posse too. You know? we might have to come up with just endangered species instead of unicorns, right? <laughs> well, actually, okay. I think we're making a comeback though. Yeah, right? yeah. So we'll never say we we'll never know. But then you, uh, of course, uh, you know what's also cool. You know, uh, this past summer, we went to Nauvoo, Illinois. Yes, that was a lot of fun. And that was fun. And you actually had the opportunity to meet Jeff McCullough yep. at a dig site where the Book of Mormon was printed, and we were recovering typeset for that from that printer. And yeah. We can talk a little bit about Jeff and your interactions with him there. Yeah, Jeff's a lot shorter. Most podcasters are tall. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, you know, because I feel like Jeff is kind of starting a ministry to convert Mormons to evangelicalism. So I'm always kind of like, oh, I don't know if I like this guy. <laughs> but uh, but Jeff is super, super cool. I love, you know, his his uh, tagline is fight, fight criticism with curiosity, yeah. which is kind of what we do too yeah, yeah. as well. Uh, you know, we're just curious about all the different restoration groups. And just like just focused on the main LDS group, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. that let's, let's get into the Strangites and the Bickertonites and all the other manner of ites. Yep. Um, but uh, but Jeff's super cool, you know. Um, he, I'll ask him about a tech question because his production values are way better than mine. Oh yeah. my gosh, you can tell he's a professional, he's and he and he <laughs> he shot past us. Like he's has he has he been going a year yet? I don't, no, it's been less than a year. I remember and he's when got I had twenty thousand subscribers. Thirty thousand. Oh my gosh! When I first had him on my show, he had like seven hundred something subscribers. I was twice, two, two or three times bigger than him. No, about twice the size. But I saw his growth, and I'm like, oh man, this guy's gonna blow right past me real fast. And a couple months later, he passed me up. And then he went viral with that video where he went to the general conference, and that got a ton of views and a ton of subscribers. And yeah, it's. He's kind of a phenom now. Yeah, he really is. And he's super, super cool. Um, you know, except for he likes the St. Louis Blues. I don't, as a Bruins fan, I, I just can't handle that. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, and he's a St. Louis guy. I'm a Chicago guy, so we got issues too. <laughs> the know. Cardinals and the Cubs, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Jeff, Jeff, I, I'll, I'll talk to you for a minute. Jeff, you are one of the most Christian people, uh, Christian evangelicals especially, that I've ever met. And I, and I respect you a, a ton. And... We are going to get together sometime. It might have to be in Nauvoo again or something. I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll get together. I need to get you on my podcast. Maybe I'll, I'll ride your coattails. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Although he's too much to the Orthodox crowd. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, <laughs> my channel can handle that. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Yeah, it is funny just to see how his, his, his approach, it's a different thing. Like, even I don't cons- like, I, I, we are Mormon podcasters. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell you, I'm not a Mormon, but I'm a Mormon podcaster. Mm-hmm. And he's not a Mormon podcaster. He's an evangelical who's having conversations with the with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints via his YouTube channel. Right. And I think it's uh, it's an interesting thing because honestly, it's part of Mormon history now. It's mm-hmm. part of the interactions with my camp and your camp. And so now I feel like we're making progress. It's it's moving in this direction. And I think that that's it's a moving positive. in a good direction. It's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It really is. And, and that's the thing, I, Rick, I have a lot of evangelicals who will criticize me and will, in the, in the, in the, uh, in those are the jerky evangelicals. The jerky I'm evangelicals. The, dude, I will tell you though, three of those jerky evangelicals that were frequent posters attacking me all flipped and did a 180. Oh, really? Once they started watching my show and they started understanding what I was doing, they were respecting it. And this is the other thing evangelicals are watching my program, 
to research Mormonism and also to how do I talk to Mormons? How do I have these conversations? And, and when they're asking me these questions, it's in a proselytizing way. And so I just turn the tables and say, well, first of all, if you want to have a conversation with a Mormon, ask them three questions. One, what is your favorite Book of Mormon story? Two, what is your favorite Bible story? And three, who is Jesus to you? Have that conversation. Because you're going to have a much different conversation than if you're going in Bible bashing the attack right. and all this kind of stuff and Jesus and Lucifer or brothers, you know, that kind of nonsense, right? And so they're learning the actual history of the church and the actual story that is the restoration as opposed to this propaganda garbage that most evangelicals put out. So I think there's, uh, I, th I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. I, I, I'm very hopeful that these conversations will lead us. And that's the other thing, too. A lot of evangelicals watch your program. You know, uh, Christopher was a big fan. Willie was a big fan. I was a big fan. And so we're learning about Mormonism from your channel. So, so and I had Thomas Monson's niece come to me at one of my meetups. She says, don't, don't, don't tell anybody who uh -oh. I am. Uh-oh, you're, you're busted. And she goes, I just want to let you know that I am learning so much about the history of my church watching your channel. Watching an evangelical doing the history on Mormonism. And I thought, whoa. And of course, I think there's a lot of evangelicals that are learning from your channel. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it, is that we're, part, we're, we're helping uh, move the ball. Yeah, I mean, and there are probably more than I know of. Um, you know, uh, I don't always like to give last names, but there's a guy named Bob that I know is an evangelical, big supporter of my channel. Love you, Bob. Um, but Willie Grills was, for a long time, uh, had watched my channel, had sent me that Bible. I didn't, I didn't have a clue who he was, and then... And I was like, I, I think I need to figure out who this guy is. <laughs> he's, a, he's a nice evangelical. Um, and so, you know, it's great because, can I really say there are jerky evangelicals out there? That's okay. Oh, I run into them all the time. <laughs> um, and I wish, and I, and I love knowing you and finding out that there are cool ones that, that aren't out to attack us all the time. Um, and, you know... You, you had just mentioned about proselytizing because that's one of my big things. I'm not here to say I. This is a way more personal interview than I than I usually do. Um, I'm not here to convert anybody or to deconvert anybody. I'm just here to learn. Like yeah. I just want to learn. Like I just love learning this stuff. Yeah. And some people, even Mormons or ex-Mormons, I should say, get so tied up in is it true. And they want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, you know, I can respect that if that's your path. Uh, I don't like it, but I, I can respect it. Um, but do you need to, like, rain on my parade? <laughs> Are you trying to convert me to your way of thinking? Because one of the things that drives me crazy, there was a Reddit post. I've been doing this podcast for eight years now. And I can't remember when it was posted, but they were like, I guarantee Rick Bennett will be out of the church in five years. Mark my words. Well, I marked your words, and I'm still here. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what this world needs is another angry atheist ex-Mormon, right? Exactly. Says no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, you know, I just I just like learning, and you don't need you don't need to get into the the, the true faults, whatever. I mean, I think you can do it in a in a healthy way. Yeah. Not in a way of, well, I've learned the truth and you know, Mormons are going to hell. Yeah. Whether you're an evangelical or an ex-Mormon, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same approach the same and it spirit. doesn't work. Same yeah, spirit. exactly. And so, fight criticism with curiosity. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's the thing. You know, um, I was talking to Kyle over dinner and I just said, you know... You and I are in a very privileged place because we get to see the pearls, the pearls of the restoration that a normal evangelical apologist, a guy with the blowhorn, ain't ever going to see. And we get to hear Mormons put their hair down, let their hair down a little bit and chat and have conversations. I've had Mormons go to me who, I have a lot of church employees that watch my program, okay? I do too, actually. Yeah, and I had one... <laughs> A church employee, I didn't even know who he was. Same here. I think we were talking about the same person. Well, no, I think we're, okay, yeah. Well, maybe we are, but there's a lot, the same, this could be told about five different people. And when he introduces himself, he says, I just want to tell you something. I believe that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross, 
and that there was nothing I could do to earn, earn my salvation, that it's a free gift mm-hmm. given to me. And, uh, and, and he says one of the most orthodox statements that I've ever heard. And then at the end of the conversation, I'm like, what do you, what do, you do? He said, oh, I work at the church office building. <laughs> and so I thought, he ain't going to tell that to uh, Aaron Shalafalov. <laughs> He's, Aaron Shalafalov is never going to have that conversation. He's one of the jerky evangelicals. I love you, Aaron. I love you, too. <laughs> Even though he avoids me and he won't talk to me either way, I don't care. He, he'll, he'll do the drive-by postings where he'll uh, question whether I'm an evangelical or not. Uh, but I offer him, let's get on the Zoom call and have a talk. Crickets. So, either way, I don't like even wasting my time with people like that. I've had my interactions with Aaron, but I'm sure he doesn't remember me. Yeah, who knows? Either way. Uh, But the thing is, is that, you know, Kyle and I had this conversation about how, you know, we we have these beautiful moments uh, that are spiritual. I had one here right in this lanai. Right now. Yeah, right now. (laughs) And there were tears, there were tears shed here, and I can't give too many details because I don't want to. But I had a pretty famous polygamist come here and introduce me to his wife. And they got married because of the interview I did with this person. Um, or a pot, yeah, yeah. And, um, famous in Mormon circles. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was kind of like I was, the, the interview was responsible. Mormon history nerd circles, I should remember. Yes, Mormon history nerd circles. I call him the Ogden Kraut of the 21st century. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think so. I think he will be. <laughs> But, but we had a we had a deep we had an emotional moment because my podcast was some as part of the reason why they got married. Mm-hmm. Now God, I look up to God. Okay, you 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 you, you help arrange a polygamous uh, the fundamentalist thing, right? Through an evangelical through an evangelical podcast. You know, and I, I just think to myself, okay, God, I'm just going to follow your lead because I don't know where to go. I don't know where this is going. But I had a sacred moment with a Mormon fundamentalist. And my mom and my Christian neighbor got to witness it. And that's a beautiful thing. And uh, I don't know. That's, what, that's why I think it's so important. That's why um, I think this is the thing, too, is Kyle and Jeff and Chris and myself and many others, we are genuinely interested in the topic and in the people. And, and, and I think it's that spirit is the right spirit. But, you know, and, and Kyle was talking yesterday. We were talking about a dinner where he was saying how well, Christians have this attitude that, oh, he was talking about in your interview, right? Yeah, yeah. Where the Christians think their attitude of Christ is, well, you got to turn over the tables. Right. Turn over the tables. i got to fight and blah, blah, blah. And Kyle made a brilliant point. He said the, the problem is, the, uh, Rick or whatever, is that uh, Jesus didn't go to Samaria and turn over their tables. He turned over the tables with his, to his own people. And also Jesus spoke to the Samarians. Well, I'm thinking what's more Christ-like? Then one, not going over to the, to the restoration and turning over tables. And two, talking to them. What is more Christ-like than that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a great point. That was a great point. See, that's the thing. You're learning. I'm learning. And, and, and this is the thing. God told me we are all, just remember, Steve, we're all image bearers. We're all fellow image bearers. So when you're dealing with some, even people you don't like, you just remind yourself, fellow image bearer. Fellow, just repeat that. Fellow image bearer. Fellow image bearer. Well, and I will even tell another story. One of your neighbors, I don't know his name, came over yesterday. Yeah. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. He had talked about how he had had some marriage problems for 30 years. Yeah. And um, he said, you need to, if you're not willing to die for the person you're having a disagreement with, you don't love them. Right. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. And I was like... He goes, because Jesus died for people he didn't love. Right. Or people, people who didn't love who him. Who didn't love him. Who yeah. hated him. He died for them. People that hated him. Yeah. And I was just like, that is profound. Yeah. That was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's just what's so awesome about this endeavor and how cool it's been. And of course, it's much more emotional than I expected. I know. Uh, but, you know, that just happens. Now well, that. you knew it would go there with Beverly, although I held myself pretty good for that yeah. one. But then yeah. I, my mom got me. <laughs> and so I, I don't know, uh, Rick, I, I think I have this fantastic conversation. Was there anything else about your encounters and engagements with evangelicals you'd like to share with the audience? You know, I have to say it's been nice, Steve, because without your friendship, I wouldn't know Jeff McCullough. I would not know Chris Thomas. Um, and, and so it's been great. You've been a bridge for me. Um, for the cool evangelicals, so keep sending them my way. I sure will. 
I keep, yeah, we'll keep it coming. A two-way street. We'll send guests to each other and all that kind of stuff. And so, folks, I just want to ask you to leave uh, comments in the description here. Uh, what did you think of the conversation? What do you think of the future of evangelical and LDS conversations can and should look like? That the, for, for the last 200 years, uh, we've been the baddies doing the same thing. Ain't got nowhere. Let's, now that we are heading towards the 200th anniversary, well, 200th anniversary of the First Vision's past, and we're heading for the 200th anniversary for the foundation of the church and the, and the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, let's make this the decade where we, uh, we build bridges yes. and we reconcile and we have conversations and we talk about the things that we have differences over, too. In a kind way, because it can be done. Me and Steve are doing it all the time. Absolutely. So, it can be done. Not to pat ourselves on the bag or anything. <laughs> it's all him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I want to thank you, Rick, for coming on the program today. Well, thanks for having me at your home, Steve. I really appreciate <laughs> this it. This is awesome. I never imagined this. I'm fanboying this whole thing. This is so awesome. So, folks, I just want to remind you, uh, don't forget, there's links in the description uh, for those of you who'd like to financially support the channel, whether it's on Patreon, whether it's on uh, PayPal, whether it's the merch store, mormonbookreviews.com. I had a coffee mug. I don't have it. Uh, and so uh, where you can buy stuff on our merch store, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks for joining us in beautiful Florida here in January in my lanai. And thanks, Mom. She's not here for putting up with this and making breakfast for Rick this morning. Uh, thank you for everything and your patience uh, for allowing these guests to come into our home. Uh, we That's the most Christian thing is to be kind to the stranger. But you're not a stranger anymore. You're a friend. <laughs> thanks, Mom. <laughs> thanks, Mom. So I just want to remind you folks, don't forget to like and subscribe. And just remember the most important thing is all the voices of the Restoration will be heard here on Mormon Book Fees. If you like what we're doing here on Gospel Tangents, please become a paid subscriber at gospeltangents.com or patreon.com slash gospeltangents. We've got full transcripts on our website at gospeltangents.com. And if you'd like to check out some of our other conversations, click over here. Thanks. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.